Hey, hey, this is TJ Murphy, and welcome to another episode of Adventurous Entrepreneurs. My guest today is one of my dear friends and owner of Height Digital Eugene, Jake Zufeld. Jake and I share many passions, including our love of craft beer, coffee, and the Oregon Ducks. Jake is an expert storyteller and collaborator who, after spending 10 years as a pastor and working with nonprofit organizations, started a marketing agency to help business owners find freedom inside and outside of their business. Just a few of the golden takeaways Jake shares in this episode are how to take big risks that pay off, stay true to your mission, and create your own luck by building a business by design. So without further ado, please enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Jake Zufeld. Welcome to the Adventurous Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Murphy. Since quitting my corporate nine to five and starting a business while backpacking through Asia back in early 2017, I've had the privilege of learning from some incredibly adventurous entrepreneurs. Through these conversations and my own journey, I've learned that much like in life, entrepreneurship is an adventure. On this podcast, I explore the journeys of top performing leaders in their fields. These wide ranging conversations include tactical business advice, how I built this insights, lessons in leadership, life hacks, travel stories, favorite hobbies, and insights into living a purposeful and joy-filled life. Adventures await us, so let's dive in. Hey, Jake. Welcome to Adventurous Entrepreneurs. Thanks, TJ. I'm super stoked to be here, man. Yeah, dude. I've been looking forward to having you on, brother. Not only do you have an incredible story, but you're an incredible storyteller. So for starters, give us a little bit of background. How did you become the adventurous entrepreneur you are today? Yeah, first of all, I love the topic. I love the topic because anybody that's an entrepreneur knows that this is a really crazy adventure. It's, I mean, you could add any kind of qualifier to it, but uh, it's certainly crazy. So for me, it started in high school, actually. And what's funny is I didn't actually open my first business uh, until I was in my 30s. But in high school, I was playing in a lot of garage bands and I always thought it'd be the coolest thing in the world to open some sort of t-shirt company. And so uh, I was in a, a band called Nameless and we started like a nameless apparel company and it was me and, and uh, a friend. And so we uh, borrowed money from my mom and, and started up this clothing company and realized really quickly it was really, really hard. And it's not the, uh, the old field of dreams. Uh, you know, if you build it, they will come. And so that was my first taste of going like, this is gonna be harder than I think. And so as I, as I tried so many different jobs, so many different careers, and I got to be in the oil field up in Alaska. Um, I worked maintenance. I worked as a barista at a coffee shop. I worked at a law office. I worked at a skate shop. I worked at summer camps. Wow. I've done a lot of different jobs where I was, you know, not the one running the business, but still got to thinking kind of an entrepreneurial way. And so fast forward, you know, uh, a couple decades, and I was working as a pastor to church for 10 years, working with middle school and high school kids, which really allowed me the opportunity to just have a ton of creativity. And so we would do huge events, we're talking, you know, hundreds of students, and they'd be community events. They'd be related to um, the state of Oregon. We'd do big events like that. I remember one that we love. You'll appreciate this. It was called PD Expedition. So it was yeah. in, in Portland, and it was a scavenger hunt um, across the entire city of Portland with middle school kids. So 
you can only imagine riding the transit system, all that kind of stuff. But it was just always fun to me to get to put together just all that create, you know, creative elements and, and make it happen. And so years later, uh, I'd been, you know, in, in uh, that, that job for about 10 years. And I'd always wanted to start a marketing agency because I'd done marketing for nonprofits. Um, I'd consulted on some work for some for-profit businesses, but finally it just felt like the right time to, to make that change. And so I did. And it was a huge leap, as I know it is for a lot of people, literally borrowed from my retirement uh, to be able to start the business and just made that investment in myself. And, you know, we can get into more of that later, but that that's really what got me to that point of, you know, being an adventurous entrepreneur. Yeah. Talk about taking a big risk, man, leaving something that you've been doing for a decade, pulling money out of retirement to start a business. And I think that's a good segue. I'd love to just hear where things are at today. What, what has your focus within the business right now and, and what's going on at Height Digital Eugene? Yeah, that's a great question. So it was during COVID. I mean, early in COVID that, uh, you know, we were all at home and everything. And, and I told my wife, I said, hey, I think I think this is the time <laughs> and uh, obviously a risky time. But I felt that COVID was really an opportunity for a lot of us to just assess, just assess where we're at in life, uh, what we wanted to be doing, what was what was bringing us fulfillment, different things like that. I've always enjoyed helping people. Um, it's obviously part of the reason why I went into pastoral ministry, but I just kept seeing business owners being taken advantage of. It's really what it came down to. Yeah. And so I, I went in with the mission of trying to bring honesty and transparency to digital marketing, which is a space that is not wildly known for honesty and transparency. Unfortunately. And, you know, over the course of a couple of years, started finding other people in the marketing network that had that same, those same values and, and, and shared experiences of, of getting clients and finding out that they'd been working with an agency for a year or two years and that their online presence and marketing strategies were just terrible. <laughs> they were just terrible. Uh, and so that was really, you know, you and I have talked before about, you know, um, infinite purpose versus finite projects, right? And for me, helping honesty and transparency just be a part of everyday life, uh, especially in business was huge. And so borrowing that money, I mean, it's like, it was a, it was a big leap. We, I took like 3,500 bucks from my retirement. Right. Um, my wife was totally on board with it. it was super, super encouraged by her. And I was waking up, man, at like four o'clock in the morning. Uh, I have, I have a slew of little kids and that was the only time I get work done. Yeah. And so I was up super early. I was training, I was studying, I was, I was implementing, I was building all these different things for my own business. And for them, I actually wore the shirt, uh, the the from my old marketing agency yeah, pre, pre our merger with height um and so as, as time developed it, i kind of came to the conclusion that to to try to accomplish that mission of bringing honesty and transparency to digital marketing was going to be way too big for one person 100%. and so so when height approached me and said hey we'd be curious about having you merge with us and, and taking on this mission together uh you know after months of of conversation and everything else made that change and and to me it was it was all about the partnership it was all about the relationship i'm so glad that you and i are on the same team uh we get to share experience we get to share the those passions to it and so 
um, you know, years later now, sitting here wearing this shirt and and uh, being with height, my focus now because that partnership brought so much value and so much resources, I'm now able to to really go after and try to fulfill that passion that got me started in the first place. So that was huge for me is not losing sight. And I'll be clear, there were times I did. I think any entrepreneur can say that the thing that got you started and motivated in business can get lost in all of the day-to-day stuff, administration, payroll, bookkeeping, you know, all of the things, right? I've got letters sitting around, you know, financial documents and all that kind of stuff. They can just take away from that mission. And so, you know, for me, partnerships, not just partnerships, but like literally hires. I mean, uh, you know, we, we have a graphic designer that we hired and said, hey, would you like to read some of the website and SEO content? I said, absolutely. She's been phenomenal. She's taken on a lot of that work for us. Why? so that I can get back to that passion, that thing that initially got me into business. Yeah, I love it, man. Empowering your team to be able to fill those gaps because, you know, as you described, and and I know all too well, especially when you're starting a business, there's a lot of hats to wear. And until you get to a certain point, it's just a necessary evil to wear those hats. But what does that keep you from? It keeps you from that mission that purpose and that commitment that you made when you started the business. And so, you know, I think, like you said, partnering with people that have that same vision and and are going in a direction in this case, to be able to serve business owners at a much higher level and bring that ethical component back to marketing. It's, it's huge. And it's huge. And it's one thing to delegate tasks. It's one thing to delegate tasks that opens up your schedule. A little bit, right? But to delegate decision making, that's what opens up your mind. That's what opens up your mental space. It's what what helps you gain back some of that emotional energy, yeah. right? And so that was one of the biggest things. And and today is actually the the, the work anniversary <laughs> for my general manager, um, who uh, it's been a year of of him working with us, and you know that's a partnership that's invaluable to me. And we'd we'd work together previously for for 10 years. And if you're an entrepreneur, you know the value of having someone you can hand off decision making to what that can do, right? It is irrelevant to me how much money I could be making by not hiring people. It's not even a conversation that I have, right? I will sacrifice you know the the money I could be making to hire other people that are fantastic and give them, not just a cut of the profits coming in, but to give them a cut of the decision-making and the ownership of where the business is heading. I mean, I know you and I both, we're, we're Oregonians, man. I'm from Alaska originally. We've been on adventures. Oh, yeah. right? I floated 108 miles of the Yukon River when I was like 13. Like we've wow. done, some, done some crazy stuff, right? Everybody knows that when you've got the partners with you on those adventures, it's a game changer. It makes business is no different. Business yeah, is no it different. makes all the difference, man. Having a wingman or wingwoman, a team that you can count on and can empower to make decisions. I mean, it feels good on both sides. And absolutely, part of our focus, looking at entrepreneurship through the lens of being that grand adventure, and in every great adventure story, you know, there's a guide or a mentor who leads the hero down the path towards their ultimate goal. 
I'd love to hear, do you have any mentors or influential people in your life that come to mind that really helped shape you into the adventurous entrepreneur you are today? Yeah, absolutely. And in different categories. That's what I think we, we miss out sometimes when we talk about, you know, inspiration and, and everything else. Um, you know, the, the, the first one for me that really gave me the, the technical aspects was Blake Snodgrass, who, yeah. you know, was a partner of ours for a long time. Um, I got into to some of his training materials and conversations with him, and he helped raise the bar for me on what was what was even capable when it came to, to paid social media advertising, which I still as I get new clients or clients that transition from from other um, agencies, that is one of the weakest areas when we look at what their stuff, we've gotten accounts before from, from Google ads or things like that, that, you know, they're, they're pretty good. You know, we're able to build on top of it, but social media was one that um, I see as a weakness in a lot of areas. And, you know, it was really, really trendy like five years ago. Yeah. A lot of people say like, no, it's dying. And not the results we're seeing. Like Facebook's still the largest social media platform on the planet. Right. And uh, so, so Blake was a big part of that for me. He helped, uh, just kind of raise my mindset as well with that. Um, you know, others are, are ones that, that were other business owners who I saw what they were doing. Some of my own clients, I would point to, honestly, That's awesome. as people who I respected the way that they nurtured their employees and their team members, which, which was, was super, super valuable for me. Um, then there's others that are authors. Right. I, I would say, you know, Donald Miller, who's who's someone who I followed his career. He was in Portland, Oregon for years. Right. So watched his progression and was really involved uh, with with his model of story ever before it was a marketing thing. I mean, early books for him, super influential for me. Um, other authors, goodness, would include Malcolm Gladwell, you know, uh, going all the way back to like Tipping Point and, and different books like that. Uh, were huge for me. And then, you know, I even talk about some of like, uh, some of the partners I've had in like financial advising, even, you know, yeah. uh, I don't know that, that Chris will watch this, but Chris Meek is my financial advisor. And his, his questions and his willingness to sit down with me and structure a business, because you can top line revenue is not that hard. Top line revenue is not that hard. If you have a big enough product, that's expensive enough, to sell and do a million dollars a year in sales, that looks incredible. But if you're not actually profitable, man, there's, there's something wrong with your business structure. And so having, you know, a dedicated financial advisor like that to be able to sit down with and make sure everything's in place, you know, it, again, that's, he's not even in the marketing space, but yeah. he's in the business space. And the, I think the number one failure of businesses is just it's financial management. 100%. You know, very few people open a business because they have a crappy product. And so a lot of, you know, a lot of my mentors were, it's like that. They're friends of mine. They're, they're, they're personal people um, that just encouraged me along the way in that. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, just from influences in your life to actual coaches and guides in the financial space, like those created some stepping stones for you that really helped pave a much smoother path than what could have been had you tried to go it alone. And, and, and I'll say this, like business coaches, I've heard this from so many people. They go, don't hire a business coach until you're at X 
Y, Z in your business? I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> uh, Chris Morrison, Chris Morrison, uh, his business coach out of Australia, um, who I hired pretty early on. And his, his mindset coaching for me and then his practical guidance in sales strategy was an absolute game changer. And I could look back at that at the time and say like, I don't have the money to do this. Man, I wouldn't have the money after today if it wasn't for the money I spent on Chris. 100%. And so putting yourself intentionally under the, the teaching and leadership of people, even if you're looking at it saying like, Man, I don't have the capital right now, um, that's going to be the, the catalyst to, to get the capital. Right? No, I couldn't agree key, more, man. The key to all of it, though, is investing in myself. Right? Yeah. You got like I'm literally the only investment I can control. Yeah. And it's you the know. best investment to make. I mean, Absolutely. having put tens of thousands of dollars now into my own personal development through going to events, through coaching, through just tangible, practical marketing education, there's nothing that I would do differently. Like those resources yeah. and that guidance is Beautiful. What yeah. got me here today. And as you mentioned, help me up here with my mindset. And you and I have talked about mindset before, especially around imposter syndrome and, and how that can really impact personal growth. So do you have yeah. any frameworks or, or practices that you follow or that you've learned from some of your mentors when you're feeling overwhelmed or have found yourself having a limited mindset in the past? No, that's, that's a great question. So I, I mean, full disclosure, I've, I've been to counseling for years. Like it started back when I was, gosh, over a decade ago, gone to two different counselors, like personal counseling, marriage counseling with my wife. Um, yeah. I speak so highly of it, so highly of it. Talk to any counselor. And, and there were times I was definitely personally in crisis <laughs> to go to these counselors. A lot of them will tell you like, man, crisis prevention counseling is the best. <laughs> like if you just know there's things in your life that aren't healthy or relationships that aren't healthy, go do that. Uh, the biggest influence on me uh, was Bob Prozen is his name, Robert Prozen. And you can find him all over uh, social media and stuff like that. But he worked with me a ton and my wife and even some of the team members I have, I have now um, on just emotional intelligence, just being aware of your emotions and being honest about them. And so he often says something where you have to uh, tell the truth about how you feel. And that has probably been the biggest thing for me as an entrepreneur, because we're, we're in such, you know, a, a, just the rapids of business and everyday stuff. And so when I'm able to just acknowledge where I'm at that day and feelings are like so many of them are neither good nor bad. They just are. Yeah. Right. So things like like hurt. And, and anger and fear and gladness and sadness, like they're, they're just feelings. And so when I'm able to do a check-in with myself and know like I'm feeling fear about this upcoming meeting and I'm just literally calling it out. I don't have to control it. I don't have to, to subdue it. I just can say where I'm at. Man, biggest shift for me. And that's true of, of, of any situation, right? But just that acknowledgement there is huge. Jose Bolaños, who you and I both talked to, just yeah. talking about breath control. It's so, I mean, these are not like business ideas, right? These are life ideas, but it affects so heavily those things. And then just, um, just schedule for me. I know for a fact I do my best work in the afternoon. Yep. And for some people, it's not that way. They're like, man, I'm a 4 a.m., I'm a 4.30, 5.30 
person. That's not me. I just know that about myself. And so I have to, I have to make sure that, that I'm, I'm listening to my own internal rhythms to do my best. My most creative work happens between about two and four o'clock in the afternoon. That's late in the day for a lot of people. Yeah. I'm a morning guy myself. So I know you are. to noon, <laughs> that's, that's my sweet spot. That's where I get the most done. And you now I think everything you just touched on are things that I leverage as well. And it's so important to be able to especially look at what fears are really impacting you. What, when you're laying in bed in the morning or at night, what are the things that are coming up and why are you afraid of them? And one practice I like to take is doing a fear setting exercise and something I've learned from Tim Ferriss, who I consider one of my mentors. Cool. And what he talks about is, is taking that fear and literally going deep and figuring out what are the actual worst case scenarios. Like if, if things actually went as worse as they possibly could, what would those look like? Because yeah. more often than not, when you do that, those things are really not that bad. Or once you've written them out in detail, they can be prevented. And so finding those that's, and also looking at awesome. what is the upside as well for me has been you know really huge. And yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And so Jake, this podcast is about entrepreneurship, but one of the biggest hurdles that I you know I face and most successful entrepreneurs face at one time or another is living a well-rounded life and doing the things that bring them joy with the people that they care about most. So I'd love to hear from you. What does living that well-rounded life look like for you? My family is a huge part of it. And I have really strict uh, boundaries with my time and, you know, full disclosure, don't always follow. Right. But, uh, but my work day ends at four o'clock and I got three little kids and I want to make sure that I'm available to them. And there's times when I, you know, answer Facebook messages or, you know, something comes up or whatever, but, um, you know, I'm not in my office after that point. That's huge for me. Something I gave up a lot of when I was in the throes of building this thing was playing music. And that's been a big part of my life for a long time. And so there was a solid like six months where I didn't have any gigs with my band or anything else like that. What's crazy to me, and I realized it yesterday, was last month was our, our highest sales month ever at High Digital Eugene. And my band had two gigs in one week. <laughs> and there was something, yeah, there's something there of going like I was setting time aside to go do those things that intentionally took my focus my creative energy and, and all of that it fills me up too and so we had you know multiple practices leading up to these two gigs you know a gig is a is two hours solid and you've got easily an hour to an hour and a half on each side of it so i'm gone all evening that kind of attention frees me up to just kind of let go of some of the the stresses and things like that of of work that's huge you know, we, we're here in Oregon. I've got a camping trip coming up with the family. And chances are I'm not going to be super available, whether it's from cell phone reception or whatever else. I get a little bit of anxiety getting ready for those, knowing I'm away from any contact and things like that. But when I come back, man, Monday morning in the office just feels so much better. Feels so much better. And yeah, uh, you know, and then last but last but not least, is just doing the things that I know give me energy in the business. I consider that part of the work-life balance, right? Is that when I get to block out huge amounts of time for 
planning and creativity and something I know is going to be an investment for the long term, it gives me energy in it. So much so that even on a Saturday, when I just want to do like a preference check, like what do I actually want to do? All the kids are playing. My wife has something she's doing. Sometimes I'll come into the office and like work on a personal website that I have or something like that because it's fun. Yep. And it's actually fun to me to go make progress on that project, even though it's work related. It's something that fuels me. You know, I think work-life balance, we always think like none of none of the non-work stuff, you know, can include work at all. I'm like, if you love what you do, sometimes your preference plays a role and you're like, I know it's Saturday. I know it's Sunday, whatever, but I'm gonna go do that thing. And when it excites you, that that's when you know you're headed in the right direction, whether it's something that is work related or, you know, for me, you know, when you talk about music and I know how important that is to you and how much that fills you up for me, it's being outdoors, whether that's mountain biking, rock climbing, going paddling with my friends. And of course, there's times where work life happens and my time gets consumed and I can't do as much of those things. But like you talked about with having your best month when you had two gigs, I know when I can consistently build those activities into my schedule, I'm a lot happier of a person. I have a lot more energy and that comes and translates into a lot more productive and quality work. So knowing everything that you've learned throughout this journey, Jake, what advice would you give yourself looking back, you know, a couple years when you were about to embark on well, either your first business venture or this new one with your marketing agency and now Height Digital. And what advice would you tell yourself to ignore completely? I would double down on this idea of imperfect action. And it still has times when I, I hold back a little bit. But every time I've just I've just done it, right? Just, you know, the best time to start something is like five years ago. But the next best time is today. And there's so many things that I did that um, I'm so grateful that I took that imperfect action. And, and my mantra kind of for the last couple months, and I'm carrying it into the end of this year, is just create your own luck. And so understand that when you put yourself in position, things can happen, right? If you're, if you're just a make yourself available for those opportunities, it's huge. Now, I would also say this, um, there are certain uh, places where, I, where, whether it was like a, a network or a partnership or whatever it is, um, if it's not working for you, get out of it as fast as possible. And there were times when I took too long to rip the bandaid off that I wish that I had done. Now, be strategic, be intentional, right? Because you only have so much time available to you. But I, I don't know if there's anything that I would say, like, I wish I hadn't done this. Right. There's times when I look back and go like, oh, I probably could have negotiated a lower price. Like looking back at like some training I did or something I paid, you know, thousands of dollars for. And I find out someone else negotiated a lower price. And it's like, oh, shoot. Well, learn from that one. Right. But I don't think there's anything that I look back going like, man, I I really regret doing that because it brought me to where I'm at. But as I look at starting other businesses, I would say, man, I still have to take that idea of going and creating your own luck, of saying yes to something that has potential, even though you're not certain of what the end result is going to be. There's been times I've done that. Now, I'm more careful with that now than I was when I started, 
because we've got dozens of clients and dozens of team members and all this kind of stuff. So I have to be careful with that. But as I look at other business ventures, you know, why not? But let me, let me say yes to that, even though I don't know what the results going to be in it. And the other thing I would just say is that profitability doesn't have to come over time. Profitability can happen day one. You can determine what your profit's going to be. I, I think of, um, is it Mike Michalowicz? Is that how you say his name? I have a bunch of his books. Uh, yeah, he always says that no one can spell his last name, but uh, Profit First is, is kind of the book I'm referring to there. Yeah. Um, you know, I wish I'd have read that earlier, is Very to be well. able to, to determine, just like you do with your time, to determine with your finances and just say, here's the amount of profit I'm making. And then if I don't have enough money to cover expenses, I got an expense issue. I need to make sure that I'm reining back and it's, things are out of balance. And so um, th those are things I would give you know, advice to myself in starting things out that I think would, would be a game changer in a couple areas. But you know, there's nothing, again, like I said, that I would, I would super, super regret on it. And uh, I, I'm fortunate for that. Unfortunately, because I know people have started the second business to pay off the debt that happened with their first business. Right. And I'm sure you'll have plenty of those stories on here. Um, so it's in no way am I any smarter than they are or, or something like that. Like it, there are times that I feel like I got lucky. Like I have clients that if you ask me why that person's my client, I would tell you the craziest story about how that client in Florida is working with this guy in Oregon for two years. And so, you know, some of that you can control, some of it you can't, but, um, but it's an adventure, right? Adventure, <laughs> you put yourself out there. Like you never know what's going to happen until you start climbing the mountain. So. Absolutely. And when you live life by design and design the business the way you want it to be, and you surround yourself with the right people and you hire the right coaches and then you invest in yourself, like all the things that you've described in this episode, luck tends to happen a lot more frequently, believe it or not. So Absolutely. the trickle down effect is there. Wrapping up here, Jake, if you could only work two hours per week on your business, what would you do and why? And that was a great question. Um, I would teach. I would teach. I think that if I had two hours a week, it would be preparing to teach and it would be teaching because I have a real passion for just helping raise, raise the bar in terms of people's understanding of marketing, of, of best marketing strategies, best practices. I don't believe everyone needs to hire a marketing agency. I think that, that certain businesses at certain levels can handle things on their own. The reason they're not is that they don't know how. And so some, some of these startups and these stay-at-home businesses, things like that, I believe they could do it themselves you know, really comes down to a question of, of their, what's a single hour worth to them, value, different things like that. But I have such a passion for teaching people. And so I've done multiple presentations on the topic of why digital marketing sucks and 10 ways to make it not suck. <laughs> That's been my like, number one message I've given on podcasts, on, on presentations, on so many different stages. And so if I had two hours, that would be it. I would be on digital and in-person stages, just providing information so that they can have more freedom inside and outside of their business. That's what it comes down to. I think that's why any of us are doing this. And when you get lost in the weeds of running a business and entrepreneurship and everything else, like we lose focus that the reason we started this was to create freedom for ourselves, both inside and outside of our business. 
Absolutely, man. That's what it's all about. And having learned many lessons from you as a teacher, I can say that is something that you are very good at. And those two hours would be very well spent, man. Thank you. Appreciate that, man. As we wrap up here, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience or anything you'd like listeners to know or check out before we wrap things up? Man, I would say just intentionality is everything. Intentionality is everything. And having purpose, it's going to completely change your demeanor toward business. And when I hear people complaining a lot about their competitors, about their employees, about their clients, there's usually been a mindset shift in why we're doing this. And so to be able to take that half day off, and it's still a work day, take that half day off to get grounded and figure out what is it that got me into this place, man, that is invaluable. You may not be getting the spreadsheet done. You may not be getting the checklist done, um, but it's going to completely change the reason and the focus and the mentality with which you do things. Yep. Got to work on the mind. Something that we all need to carve out time for. Where can we find you online, Jake? Website, socials, things like that. Yeah, jakezufelt.com is the easiest one. Got a new version of that site coming up here soon. Easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, Hightigital.com slash Eugene. You know, that'll, that'll get you in contact with me and my team as well. Um, working on a new website right now, actually, that's very niche specific. It's uh, escapegamemarketing.com. So we've had a lot of uh, success in, with escape rooms and immersive experience marketing. We have a lot of other clients, but that's one that, you know, I'm really passionate about and had a lot of success with. And so those three websites are great. I'm all over the social medias, you know, Jake Zufeld on, on Instagram, on Facebook, on on LinkedIn. And I just like having a good time on those platforms. That's, that's my whole goal there. Provide, provide resources and have fun. (laughs) So, you know, if that's something you want to do as well, come follow me, come friend me on those. And would love to, to find out, you know, more about people, what they're passionate about with their business, what they want to do in life. Always enjoy those conversations. Awesome, man. We'll, we'll put all that in the show notes for our audience. And Jake, my friend, I I really appreciate your time. As always, you've been an immensely positive influence in my life since we met last year. And I just look forward to cheering you on throughout your journey and also grabbing a beer with you here soon. Absolutely. Go Ducks, huh? Let's go Ducks. (laughs) Appreciate you too, TJ. Thanks again for having me. Of course, man. To all of our adventurous listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share this on social media or with someone you know will get some value from it. Leaving a review goes a long way in helping people find the show. And I personally appreciate reading them when they come in. So please go drop one if you have the time. We'll see you all next week. And remember, whether we're talking about business or the things that bring us joy outside of work, life is meant for exploring. So go out there and live it one adventure at a time.